razor blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Prodigal Vault on Twitter. Elon would start Madrid over Altuve at this point. He did do that. Oh, Dusty did do that. Now Altuve's hurt. 9805, Branham, you troll more than anyone on the station. Keep ripping Dusty's lineups because you are negative. Stroh's just won another series, and you still are glass half full every day. I expected to him to say glass half empty, empty yeah. not glass half full. Also praised the Astros for 45 minutes. Makes me, makes me wonder if that person knows glass half full, what that really means. I don't think so. Also, 9805, you know what? I, I owe you an apology. You're, you're right. You're right. You, you've, you've forced me in the last 15 seconds to have some self-reflection, to look at myself in the mirror. You're right, 9805. I, I shouldn't be... You know, I shouldn't complain. I shouldn't be a critic whenever Dusty Baker is starting Bly Madris and then using him ahead of the American League Player of the Week. You're right, 9805. I'm wrong. I will try to be more positive and root for Bly Madris to be in the lineup every day ahead of Chaz McCormick, ahead of Yiner. You know what? Jordan Alvarez should continue this rehab assignment. You know why? Because Bly Madris is swinging a hot bat. Bly Madris is red hot. I should never criticize Bly Madris ever again. 9805, thank you for allowing myself to reflect, to better myself, and to be more positive about one Bly Madris. You feel better now? I'm glad I do. I'm I'm a Bly Madris homer now. Okay. I love Bly Madris. I hope he's with the Astros forever. I hope he's the cleanup man for the Astros forever. I think he's going to be better than Jeff Bagwell. I think he's going to be better than Jordan Alvarez. He's already better than Chaz McCormick and Yiner Diaz. I just didn't see that. But I see it now after the self-reflection of 9805. No, I'm, I'm being I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, Hashtag I, I or sl- whatever. Sarcasm there, 980. But you're right. I shouldn't complain about Bly Madrid sitting over. Or basically, we should, yeah, you should never talk about Dusty's lineup. It's my bad, man. It's my, I'm going to wear, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to wear my T-shirt, my Dusty Baker Dusty T-shirt. Trusty. In Dusty, we trusty. Because in Dusty, we trust. All right, you're on Alvarez. Do we think he's coming back tonight? Do yeah, we think he's do. back tonight? Yeah. Did you stick? Did you, he, he played Friday, right? We watched him. He looks good. He looked good. I saw him. I took vacation to watch Jordan Alvarez play his first rehab assignment. So I saw. I watched him on Wednesday. I watched the Wednesday game on the on the internet. He looks no, fine. No, he looked really good. And and even on the in the outfield, he was getting to baseballs. His throws were strong. I, I didn't see anything to where it almost made me question it, who was playing a tougher team. Were the Isotopes a better team than the A's? Would and then with with how bad the A's? I mean, the offense was against the A's. It's like. Did he really need to even be there? Sure, it was great that we got to see him up close and personal and everybody in Sugarland got to see him. But wouldn't it have been better to just throw him out there against the A's going, I mean, essentially it's a rehab start stint. I mean, he's playing against a, a less than stellar major league team. Get him the reps that he needs now, getting ready for the Rangers series. And it's the same difference. Yeah, I don't. I think that the Astros, I think they're worried about the return to play process. Remember the whole like Michael Brantley getting close. Remember James Click last year whenever they felt like they brought up Jake Myers too early and he wasn't quite ready. I think that the Astros are very very worried about their return to play. Cuz could, could have Jordan played in the Oakland series? Yeah. I don't think Jordan really wanted to go to Oakland, but that's besides the point. But I think the Astros are uber careful about their return to play because of their recent history with their return to play. That's fair. I I, I mean, I'm just looking at it going if you were coming back from injury and you're ready to go and you're playing the Rays or you're playing the Rangers right away, 
then I totally get it. Just don't throw him into the fire. Took Altuve when he came back from one of his four injuries, as you mentioned, the first big injury after the thumb. It took him a couple, you know, a, a week or so to really settle back in. Yep. So you don't want to throw him into the fire in like really high intensity moments against better teams. But when you're playing in a week where you're playing Colorado and Oakland, why not just get? We were talking about it, trying to figure out when he would go anyway. But it just seemed to make to me to make more sense. When you're a team as good as the Astros and you're playing teams as bad as Colorado and Oakland, is there really much of a difference to where you could have thrown him back into the lineup? I, I think why. it's not about it's not about your Don. It's not about Alvarez. It's about the options that are going to occur when you call him up and you're wrong and he re-injures himself That's in that first game. And then you have to send someone back down and up. It's not even that. It's and not even just, that. You're wasting minor league players' options. But it's a good point, but I think it's a peripheral point because I think it's more about the optics. I think it's in a, I think it's the recent history of the Astros getting guys closer to the majors when they weren't ready coming off of injury. I think it's the optics more than anything. Let's say, and knock on wood, keep your fingers crossed, let's say Jordan Alvarez re-aggravated his injury, whether he was playing with the Spacers, whether he was playing with the Houston Astros against the A's. If he re-aggravated his injury in either one of those scenarios, which one are the optics better? It's that he's playing in, in AAA, even yeah. though it's the same exact thing. Even though him swinging a bat against the isotopes as a member of the Spacers is the same exact thing as swinging a bat against the Oakland single A's as a Houston Astro. But if he got hurt as a Spacer in a rehab assignment, well, this is why he's on a rehab assignment. If he got hurt against the Oakland single A's after the Astros have this bad run of bringing players up too, too early after injuries, people would be criticizing them well, right. nonstop. So that's the reason they did it. I'm not saying you're wrong, because I agree with you, but that's the reason the Astros went this route with Jordan Alvarez. You're right, and this is from a team and quite honestly, a PR staff as it relates to medical issues that has had enough quote-unquote missteps or kind of awkward ways that they've let people know things are going on or not going on too, that everything gets scrutinized, and you're going to get hyper-scrutinized, and you're right. If if you did it the way you just described, if he gets hurt in Sugarland, no big deal. If he gets hurt because you rushed him back, yeah. now now everybody in the organization is is under the chance that they and can it's face the same the thing. Yeah. He's playing a few innings in left field. He's swinging a baseball bat three times a game. It's the same thing. But if you did it at the major league level, everybody's going to hate you. If you did it at the minor league level, well, this is what rehab assignments are for. Do I think that's backwards thinking and flawed logic? Yes, I absolutely do. But I believe that's totally the reason why they did it. I think it's also like I, I kind of wonder after that first game with how good he looked, 108 off the bat right yeah. away. If they weren't playing in Oakland, it maybe would be different. Closer. Like if they were playing at home. Yeah, like, honestly, I think like, if they were playing at home, he would have Or if they were playing in Arlington, like could he just been back right away? It's one of those where it's like, like, man, we'll just give him three days. It's the A's. Yep. Like, why are we going to fly this guy all the way out to Oakland to he play the worst He doesn't like multi-city road trips anyways. Yeah. He, he finds a way to strain his neck to get back from Tampa. He gets hospitalized in Atlanta. He doesn't like multi-city but road trips. The one thing that, like, he's going to be in left field. Uh, he spent he, he three starts. Two of the three were in left field. How he's, many, like, how, be in left. how often, you think? I think it's about 50-50. I think it's about 50-50. I think it's about 50-50. Now, if he plays left field, you can go out and acquire the best bat that you can find on the market. Like, do you want Corey Jolks DH every day? Yiner Diaz probably won't DH every day because he's going to catch half the time. That's the big thing. If Yiner's going to be your DH, you already got your guy that you want to get more at bats. But if Yiner's going to be more of a, a more prevalent guy behind the plate, then you do have the ability to get another bat. 
no matter if they're, you know, where they play and, and if they're righty or lefty, you get another solid bat, just throw him in the DH. I, so I think they're going to catch Yiner more. I don't think he's going to be the I primary right. guy, but I think he's going to start 40% of the games behind the dish. He started- I also think because of these younger pitchers that he's had a lot of experience with, too, Dusty likes that, so he doesn't have any, as many reservations as he had earlier in the season of just saying, yeah, I want to see him catch these guys because he's been good catching these that guys. That was the other thing that bothered me about yesterday's lineup was that like, if you're not going to – if Instead of playing Bly Madris at first, so Abreu can DH, Diaz should be at first, and Maldonado should be catching. Well, he wants Maldi to get a day off. I know, but like if you're going to put together a poor lineup with a poor hitter, at least keep Maldi in it. I don't hate that. I don't hate that Bly played. To be honest with you, like I don't, I don't hate that. You just Bly, don't like where he was hitting. I think it's ridiculous to have him hitting ahead of the reigning American League Player of the Week, one of your best offensive players all year, and then one of your best power hitting guys in Yiner Diaz. I think it's silly. It does. There's no rhyme or reason for doing that. Now, look, I think I think you need to get Abreu off his feet. You need to get Maldi off his feet. Dusty doesn't have tons of options right now. I have no problem with Bly starting a game against the Oakland Single A's on a getaway Sunday in a day game. Hitting in front of Chaz and Yiner is mysterious. It's, it's not good. But can, can I weird. just throw out one other bad? Because I, I know it's something that you and I both feel is a hot button. Maldi was half-assing it again behind the plate. That's who Maldi is. I mean, he's just become, instead of a guy at least known for his defense and his, his, you know, thinking as a backstop and his psychology with the pitching staff, he's just lazy. He's half-assing in, in critical situations, pass balls and one-knee-ups and then kind of oopsies and kind of loafing to go get it. And it's just, it's not a good look, and it's not why he's out there. It's who he is. I agree with you. The Astros, Jordan Alvarez's absence. 20 and 17 in the 37 games you missed. That's a victory for me. You were, you were without one of your best offensive players, and you missed Altuve in the last 15 games of these 37. You go above 500, three games above 500 to be exact, without Jordan Alvarez. I think the Astros handled these 37 games very well, and I tip my cap to Dusty Baker as well. No, it, it's, it's a well done job of treading water when you start thinking about when I said it's one thing when every now and then in a baseball season you find you know, that diamond in the rough for a year that comes out of nowhere and helps you. We're talking five to eight guys this year have done that. And, and that's to, to the point of what you were saying. The fact that you have got five to eight guys that not only helped you tread water this time when Jordan was out, but the entire more than the first half of the season now when Jordan and Altuve have both been out. the way And all the pitchers that are out for the year and been out. All these different guys that have stepped up majorly to help you have taken this this season and made it salvageable and still possible as opposed to disappointing and almost out of reach gone. And that's something that leads itself to what you're talking about with that record and overall their record at this point in the season. Without the, the Corey Jolkses and the J.P. Francis and the Dubons and Chazes and, and Belaks and, and even Blancos and guys like that and the emergence of Yiner Diaz, where the hell would this team be? They'd be lost. Yeah. They'd be lost. And I mean, I, I do think you have to give Dusty credit, too, for getting the most out of those guys. Sure. Like, a lot of people wouldn't have played Corey Jolks as much as Dusty. Now, Jolks has regressed a bit here. Uh, Dubon has fallen back to the mean a little bit, but Dubon's still a good, major league, solid Major League Baseball player, best suited in the utility role. But then also what you lost in the rotation. Look how many innings yeah. you missed without Luis Garcia. You never really thought Lance McCullough was going to be back without Jose Urquidy. You've patched it together, and you've positioned yourself in a decent spot when you hope that you're getting Jordan Alvarez back for good, and then potentially Jose Altuve back Even relatively soon. Getting out of your own way with Chaz. Whatever the hell that was yeah. or wasn't, stop t- 
tinkering around and screwing around with him and realize this dude has been doing it for you. Let him do it daily. Throw him out there more and stop worrying about all these other hangups and realize he's your best option and he's also doing what you need him to do when you put him out there. I think, and I think he's doing it. I, I no, think he's he, doing he it. got to that point. Yeah. You know how much I was upset about opening day and opening week and yeah. the way he's handled a lot of the Chaz stuff. But whether he now wants to even spike Chandler Rome and the way he handles it, the fact that he was finally able to get over that hurdle and realize, I just got to put this kid out there because he's doing what I need him to do. Yeah. He still hits behind Blind Madristo. But self-reflection, we don't care about those things anymore. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener I'm line. Right 713-780-37. I hope Blind Madrist is in the leadoff spot today playing, or in the leadoff spot. That's fine, too, because we love Blind Madrist around here. He's a killer bee, after all. Uh, Texans training camp opens up on Wednesday. What are the biggest Texans training camp questions that you have? 713 713- 7803776 It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5 ESPN 97.5.com Tiger Friendly Radio And he said, well obviously you want to watch the guy with the big one. I said, well you ain't that straight. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out there at training camp on uh, on Wednesday. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make that proclamation now before I, before I run it up the ladder. Um, and I'd like just to remind you. I, I do own a flappy hat. I, I, I wear it on the you beach. Wore one when, and on the, you uh, wore one to one of our, uh, one really? of our remotes. That does sound like a me thing to do. I don't remember doing that, but yeah, it does sound did, like I a me thing to do. I think it was the one on the... Oh, it was the one on the... Buster Pier. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And I told you that the umpires in the softball league wear those bad boys. That's right. I did wear it. Sun off their ears. Yeah, yeah, and, just, and just a reminder from, from show expectations, we have Jeremy's six... Yeah. Plus one option. No, 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 no. It's Get not it plus right. one. Get it's it not, right. It's the darn extra it, Joe. point. It's, it's the dang extra, extra point. point. It's the Joe. extra Sorry. point. Sorry. We're going to have six Branham Va- <laughs> We need a better name than that. <laughs> Branham Vaters. <laughs> let's, let's workshop this. Branham Vaters. <laughs> I can't even say <laughs> no, that. Let's go with something a little bit more creative than that. Blankers is usually the creative one of the bunch. So I hope you can come up with something here, Blankers. But we're going to have six Didn't points. Didn't we have it to pick six? That's oh, right. I think we did. We did. I have Thank the worst memory. I'm here for you guys. <laughs> I have the worst Monday memory. Yeah. So the pick six pick with six. the extra point. You're the right. Pick six with the extra point. So look for that. I'm not gonna. I don't have to write about this though. I don't have to post this on the website. No, you just have I don't to like, want to do that. Just like type it on your notes on your phone. Like we were just we're just talking about. Yeah, it. we're just talking. I don't want to post this and publish it. I'm not. I don't want to. No, we'll just I'm not going to go start my tell, Tim Texans I'll, website. I can tell the sports map people. Hey, we did this. Yeah, it's not going to be an article. Rest assured that Brandon and Jack are going to make sure that they. They put it out in video. I just or, don't want to go type 400 words. And no, then, hard pass. Okay, yeah, I don't want to do okay, any yeah, of that. Don't, don't type it. I don't want to do any any journalism type of thing. I'm not a journalist. You I don't want verbalize. to do any journalism. Yeah. Not well, but I can. So I'm going to have, the, what are the, we call them? The, the, the pick, pick six. six with the extra <laughs> point. Forgot. The pick six and an extra point, which has to be a special team's point. It could be about John Weeks and how he looks this year. I don't even year. think you should limit yourself. No, it's got to be a special team's point because it's the extra point. Yeah, but it could be anything not really, not just... Full X's, not offensive. I don't know. Or X's I, I, really, teams. I feel like I really special need teams. like something about John Weeks or yeah. Kymie Fairbairn or whoever the punter like, is. What color are his socks today? Like how much okay. is he sweating today? I was actually wondering. Whatever. Like, Who what? knows? Nothing. Nothing's off limits. Could be. Hey, and by the way, Cal was flipping burgers and Hannah was passing no. out flyers. Like, that's we... making my top six. Okay. <laughs> that's making the pick six. You kidding me? 
Well, at least like what number does that Kyrie Fairburn wear this going year? Up in quality. Yeah, yeah. Well, who like that's that? We're gonna have our ground, our feet on the ground to yeah. give the people what they want to know. Mm. They don't, they don't want to know who the the fifth string wide receiver is going to be. They don't care who Shaq Mason's backup is. They don't care how Jared Patterson is looking like. Well, they did. They up care up about like a week ago. Is it ninety percent lean meat? Is it eighty percent lean meat? The Cal McNair is having at the cookout. Those are the things we crave. Those are the things that we want to know. And that's the kind of stuff that the pick six and the extra point is going to bring to you. So we'll ask you, listener, what do you want to hear? What are your pressing questions that you want to hear about uh, as the Texans enter training camp? 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. What kind of questions do you guys have in Texans training camp opening up? I I think you mentioned one earlier, which is probably the biggest question that most people have. How many snaps is C.J. Stroud getting with the ones? What's the ratio? What's the percentage share uh, between Stroud and probably Davis Mills? No, look, I, I think those are going to be key. I think the receiving group is going to be an interesting topic, uh, point of contention for everybody all of training camp to find out how that situation is going to play itself out. Who's going to be the one? Is Mechie going to be a true contributing you know, guy on this roster that has a chance to possibly start and or make an impact? You know, is Nico Collins finally going to be the guy that Nick thought he was, you know, when he got him out of Michigan? So there's all these different questions. Is Tank Dell going to be able to be a guy that you can get in there right away that's going to be a weapon to be used by Bobby Slowick? I think the receiving core is going to be a really big point of contention that everybody's concerned with all of camp. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I wanted to see if the if the Texans have enough juice there, to be quite honest with you. Do they have enough firepower at the receiver position? I don't think that they do. Uh, in year one, I don't think that they have the firepower. I think a really good outcome for the Houston Texans receiving core this year is not so much like how many catches does John Mechie have? How many catches does Tang Dell have? I believe that if the Texans come out of this season with like two of their top three receivers locked down, that that's a huge success. Like if we think John Mechie's good enough to be a really good slot in the NFL, we think Tang Dell is good enough to be a good slot in the NFL. They're capable of playing outside as well. If Tang Dell and John Mechie lock up two of your top three receiving spots, the Texans go outside T. Higgins next offseason. You got Higgins, you have Mechie, you have Tang Dell. That, that now has firepower. That has something real. I don't think the Texans have the firepower at the receiver position, quite honestly, offensively, period, to score tons of points and win consistently against other, you know, I know their schedule is weak, but against other NFL teams. Now, if Mechie and Tang Dell emerge as two top three receivers, or your top three receivers, and then you can spend that money on a T. Higgins, the best free agents out on the market, that's whenever you have something going into year two. I almost look at it as what the Jags did for uh, for Trevor Lawrence. It was when they signed Christian Kirk. They spent a little bit of money on the offensive line. They tried to boost up the offense around Trevor Lawrence. I can see the Texans doing that next offseason with the money they have, but they need Mechie and Tank Dell to take over roles for this team. No, you're right, and that's why I said I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that. I think that... When we look at the secondary, everybody's going to be watching it, watching you know what is going to happen with Stingley. I think we know that Kenyon Green is coming off a, a medical procedure now, but the minute Kenyon Green is on the on the field and Kenyon Green's doing Ken, you know everything with the offensive line, with as much money and effort as they put into reconstructing and solidifying this offensive line, people are going to be watching Juice Scruggs and they're going to be watching even more so Kenyon because Kenyon's the guy that a first round draft pick was spent on. And he really underperformed a year ago. So there's plenty of stories for you to be covering on a daily basis that are going to show that you actually elevated your game to big boy status. <laughs> huh. um, I think the biggest one for me is Stingley. 
See, real, real quick on Kenyon Green. Yeah. I hope we see Kenyon Green. That's right. We don't know if we're going to see Kenyon Green. Are we going to see Mechie? I think so. I think so, too, but I wonder. I'm curious how much. And, like, he's my biggest question at wide receiver because, look, it's been two years. Yeah. And he's had a lot of injuries. Like, it, it's but between beating cancer and, like, now, it's also, like, a torn ACL, a hamstring, a hip. It's, like, it's it's kind of built up. So, it's, like, just like what does it look like at all? And, and like, Stingley is a massive question because, frankly, if he's as good as we hope he is, he should dominate this wide receiver core on a daily basis at training camp. Yeah. Like, he should really be a nightmare for C.J. Stroud on a consistent basis. Probably line it up over Nico Collins, yeah. Robert Woods. Like, I don't see him much inside if they're using Tank and Mechie inside a lot. Um, you're right, he should. Like, he should be winning those matchups pretty convincingly yeah. if he's supposed to be that dude, if he's supposed to be that guy. Uh, I'm interested with the offensive line in general. The Canyon Green point's a really good one because I think he's the biggest question mark with that offensive line. The first question, is he there? Second question, are we seeing progression, development with him? I'm fascinated with the center spot, too. Like Everybody's penciling in Juice Scruggs right. to be the starting center. The second most difficult position to play on the offensive side of the ball, other than quarterback in the NFL, is a center. Like I think it's, I think it's a tall ask for Juice Scruggs to be the week one starter. Now, he might be at a necessity because there's not – I mean, Quesenberry's here. Right? Yeah. Jared Patterson's another rookie. Like, you don't really have great pieces there. Patterson's a kid from Notre Dame. Yeah, and he was a six-rounder, right? Yeah, so Joe loves him because he went to Notre Dame. I, I think that he can be, like, a good backup interior offensive lineman. That said, like, we 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 overrate these draft picks, especially late draft picks. Like, remember the – was it Deculus from LSU, the Cypher kid? He got drafted out of LSU in the sixth or seventh round two years ago. The dude's barely hanging on to a roster spot. Most of those guys are in the XFL and we, we We overvalue – and I understand why because we love draft picks, but we overvalue, like, the fifth rounder on yeah, every everyone, single year. Well, that's because there's the couple guys that hit from the fifth to the seventh round and then the undrafted rookies – that hit and like they're the great story and everyone loves it. And it's like and like that's how you build a franchise, like a Super Bowl winning team like the Patriots is finding those guys. But they're so rare. But we go in with like expectations that every single one you take mm-hmm. is going to be that steal. I bet you ninety percent of players that are drafted in the fifth round or later don't get a second contract with the team that drafted them. I bet you it's that high. The hit rate on fifth-round picture later is very, very low. Like, they might stick around and be on your team for four years, and maybe they're you know getting a decent amount of snaps, helping out on special teams. But that second contract, they don't hit that often. So counting that Brady on, guy was all right. Yeah, there's <laughs> an anomaly. There's yeah, always the an anomaly. Yeah, right. absolutely. But, like, to think that Jared Patterson is going to be a huge help for this team, I, I think is far-fetched. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he surprises everybody and he can – I don't even want him to be a starter because if he's a starter, I think something's gone wrong either with Kenyon Green or Juice Scruggs or there's an injury. So I don't want Jared Patterson to start. Um, but a lot of times we overrate the current fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. Like even Xavier Hutchinson. People, oh, still in the draft. Xavier Hutchinson still in the draft. There's a better chance that Xavier Hutchinson isn't on this team in two years than Xavier Hutchinson being a good player on this team in two years. What's the running back that you like that was drafted? He was an undrafted free agent. Okay, that's I think the, that's um, going to be a camp story. The he Xavier Hot Validate. Yeah, that could be a, that could be a camp story. He's you know like skip Hard Knocks, but to take Hard Knocks as an example, you're still going to look for the one Cinderella story, and especially in one of the early you know, games in, in preseason, if he stands out or someone stands out, that's going to be the focus the rest of camp. I am intrigued to watch him. I think we might be underrating the Texan running backs after Pierce and Singletary. Like Mike Boone wasn't bad. 
He's been hurt a lot, but he wasn't bad. Valaday, I think, has some juice. Dare, whatever. Dokes, whatever. But I, I am I am interested to see Valaday. Uh, someone said 9780, want to watch the Steven Nelson saga? I think there's going to be much ado about nothing there. I think Nelson's going to be there. I think Nelson's going to participate. I think Nelson's going to play his final year of his contract and then be on a new team next year. I think you're right. I, I really don't think it's more to it than that. We're not dealing with a guy that's in the prime of his career, that's a guy that you can't do without, that you know has all kinds of negotiating power. We're dealing with a guy that really kind of resurrected his career a year ago, showed some good things. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's plenty of reasons to believe that he's just going to be one and done for this season. And you just move on, and then he moves on to it. You wish him the best. It, it, it'd be crazy if he doesn't show up. He's not good enough to pull that stuff. That's exactly well, they right. Just, they, you, you just were on... sign the guy you worked out. Sign Ronald Darby. I mean, like, that's a pretty pretty steep fall know, off. Like, like, you want Steven Nelson to play football for you this year. Yes. But if he's going to hold out and do that stuff, yeah, see ya. See ya. I'm not, like, and, and the Texans aren't also like good enough to be worrying about that kind of stuff. Like, If the Texans were a perennial playoff team, if the Texans had playoff aspirations, they do, but if we expected the Texans to be a playoff team, well, then you're probably dealing with the Steven Nelson drama if he's trying to pull that sort of stuff. But Nelson's not good enough of a player, and where you're at, first year D'Amico Ryans, you've won, what is it, 11 games in the last three years? You're also not pulling up with that. You're not putting up with that crap because you're not a team that really thinks of yourself as a playoff team either. Right, and your point is the, the the most important, which is you're not good enough to hold. Think you can hold the team hostage or over a barrel and yeah. think you're going to get your way. They gave you an opportunity. You took full advantage a year ago. I love the way you played a year ago. I expect you to be out there to play again because guess what? You're getting an opportunity to play for your next contract. It may not be here, but if you play well. And play well again, you could get another contract in the NFL that gets you paid very well. Alex says, uh, does Cal use turkey burgers or Angus beef? I'll try to get to the bottom of that. Well, e-, e says Cal burger better than Trill burger. I don't know. Oh, Do you know E? Do you know this? 713-780-ESPN. You, you can keep telling us what you want to... What you want me to look at for in a training camp Wednesday. I'm not going to commit to Thursday, Friday. Joe, do we know if I have credentials? Are they going to allow me on the grounds? Was I supposed to do that? Are they going to allow me on the... Well, maybe you <laughs> maybe won't be, I won't going be there Wednesday. on Wednesday. Your observations are going to be from... In, uh, I'll send an email. I'll get, I'll get I, a... That's uh, what you should call it. Can I get one of those lifts like Innes did that one time? Didn't he get a lift? Yeah, he did like a crane or yeah, something give me, like I'll that. Get one of those. out too. From the lift? He did get kicked out. No, he got kicked out of Texans training yeah. camp. But I think that's why he got that's the lift. That's why he got the lift. Because he put the lift outside of Texans training camp, and then he went up on the lift and watched it from afar. From and then he high. had Mud calling into a radio station, and they kicked him. They yanked his cred. If they do not credential me. Will ESPN 97.5 rent me one of those lifts? No, no absolutely not. Okay, so my, my status about, for Wednesday is questionable. Here's what you should <laughs> Just call it observations from behind the chain link fence because you'll be behind the fence observing training camp. Like Peter, yeah, all right, I might have to do that. I'll get creative. 713-780-ESPN. It's a mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want. 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday with the Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. You hooked up with it. You decided to marry it. I told you I wasn't into it. You said it didn't matter. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? Who's in the box? 713-780-ESPN. What is your question for the Killer Beasts? Our Mailbag Monday. King of Twitches said some heavy equipment place in Texas City sponsored Ennis' little forklift thing to get him up high, which Ooh. I might need because I don't know if we're credentialed or not. 
We've said some. You we got, did. You got connects on the north side. They might have been able to. We didn't. Remember, we didn't get that football and beer though. So I don't know if what we're. I don't know if we're in the best grace, like in the golden graces of the Houston Texans yeah, right now. I don't. Either, I don't right? know. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they like us a whole lot. I don't. I can't imagine why. Why wouldn't the Texans like us? That when JJ left, JJ was signing jerseys for everybody and their mother in the media, and we didn't get those either, except for Lance. Yeah, maybe John got one. John's honorary on everything. I don't know. Why do the Texans hate us? Seven one three seven eight zero. I mean, only one. We got those footballs. That was a long time ago. Yeah, we we fell out of their graces since then. Could be the new PR staff somehow, some way. I don't. I don't know why. Honesty will get you punished. What is your question for the Killer Bees? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six one seven zero six. Best breakfast food. This is a stupid question. Sorry, 1706, which you've heard about stupid questions, and there's no such thing of it. There's only stupid answers. No, there are stupid questions, and yours is one of them. What is the better be- breakfast food, New York bagels or Texas breakfast tacos? I mean, it's not even a question. The Texas the stupid breakfast tacos question. is the home run every single time. And I, and I, li- I, grew- I love bagels. But I don't love bagels better than breakfast tacos. No. It's ridiculous. I don't. I don't hate bagels either. Bagels are fine. Bagels. Bagels are kind of mid. Let's be honest. No, bagels are kind of mid. It depends on what you put on. There's them. some good bagels. Yeah. No, but but what you're putting on them is enhancing mediocrity. Sure, sure. So like if you put like a good cream cheese on it or locks if you're a locks guy and capers if you're a capers guy, you're enhancing the mediocrity of the bagel. The breakfast taco is elite from I, the start. But have you ever had a, a a real New York bagel? I have. It's it's it doesn't make sense to me why they are significantly better in New York. Like it's I, the water, it, probably it's the water. That's what we say about deep dish pizza in Chicago. It's the dirty it water. Why it tastes different through the New York City limits that yeah. adds that flavor, yeah. the mediocrity that is a New York bagel. Probably it's a dumb question, but it's breakfast tacos. My, uh, my mom would all world make sure that the the bagels when we were growing up were like lightly toasted onion. I loved onion bagels. And then, and then onion bagel, cream cheese, bacon. Oh, outstanding. Phenomenal breakfast. That's a lot going on on that bagel. Yeah, a lot but of look, look how much Look how much goodness you have to a put on goodness. the bagel to enhance the I bagel. I already told you. No, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm, arguing, no, I'm not arguing. Yeah. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. I'm just taking shots at bagels here. So now the real that's question. What I'm doing. What's the best breakfast taco? See, that's the thing. Is breakfast tacos, you can do anything. Bagoa. Yep. You can do you know just your traditional egg and cheese and throw some bacon frijole in there. Some bacon, cheese, some yeah. sausage. You can throw some fajita in there. Onion, you can do some sausage yeah. links chopped up. Mato. You can just do papas every now and then. Just some papas. Damaris oh, brought man. some on Friday. Brisket tacos. And it was oh, yeah. jalapeno sausage. It was one of the ones that they brought. So good. Man, how could you not say breakfast tacos? You don't live in Texas. Like I would take, I think a guy on the show after us might. I would take taquitos from Whataburger mm. over New York bagels. Here's the thing, and those are taquitos from Whataburger. Those things are sneaky good, though. They are sneaky good. I, I, even drinking I love the Whataburger no, I'm taquitos. Not, I'm not talking down to them at all. They're Whataburger great. taquitos are one of my favorite, maybe my number one seed of breakfast fast food options. Oh, I'm not even sure it's my number one seed at Whataburger. What do you go to a Whataburger? Breakfast Waterburn? on a bun smacks. Mm, it's pretty good. Breakfast on a bun is so good. So good. It's fantastic. Okay. Biscuits and gravy. You can go to Bucky's and find three better breakfast tacos than New York bagels. Yeah, but you can go to Bucky's and find a lot of things that are better there than everywhere else. Yeah. yeah Bucky's is elite. <laughs> they, they do a good job. 713-780-3776. hands on some beaver nuggets. Not a big beaver Have you ever had guy. the beaver nugget trail mix? It's a great combination of savory and sweet. I've never tried it. It's pretty solid.
pretty solid. Uh, let's go out to Pena on the HRP listener line. Pena, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Pena? Hey, what's up, guys? Good afternoon. Uh, so my question for y'all is, who wins in a fight? They're in a, in a, in a, in a small dome, but they both fit. A, be- a grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla? Thank you. Have a great day. My oldest son would know the answer to this. He said a grizzly bear and a silverback silver gorilla. gorilla. I've heard that grizzly bears are the most aggressive bears. I just know that a, an animal that big, you can have a combo, a, a combination that really can stun anybody. But if he just lands one, uh-huh. he can mess up your world. The bear or the gorilla? The bear. I'm going to go with the grizzly bear here. I'm taking the bear. With with zero knowledge on this yeah. whatsoever, other than I heard that grizzly bears are super aggressive. In honor of Barry Warner, who fell down and broke three ribs and Ooh. had to tell me about it this last weekend, I'm going with the bear. I'm taking the gorilla. Why? It's something about the arm length. But like I, I said, I feel like, do gorillas have long arms? I feel like they have longer they arms do. than bears. Kind of when they're... Walking, like I feel like they've got the reach. Like what do they call wingspan? You got the reach advantage. You got thumbs. Yeah, but what are you really doing? You're like you're getting jabs in, and then all of a sudden the haymaker comes from the bear in your toe. Yeah, but you like you grab its face, and the bear's got claws. Here, I just googled who wins a fight between a grizzly bear and a silverback gorilla. Although a silverback gorilla is very fast, quite strong, and has a longer arm span, it is unlikely that a silverback could defeat the much larger and faster. Grizzly bear in a fair fight. Oh, plus, the grizzly's got claws. Another L for stump. Cut your the, ass one, up. the one advantage that a silverback might have is the enormous strength of its muscles. <laughs> Who wrote this? Help. Seven one three. Look what you googled and look what you got. I went to uh, I went to Gator Country while I was away. Oh, down, the oldest son on the way to Beaumont. Yeah, I'm. Uh, gators are pretty cool. Gators are a pretty cool animal. Tastes good too. Okay, you took it there. Um, you never had alligator? Somebody, yeah, it's pretty. I like it fried. If you're frying something, it means it's probably not great. Al- alligator fried po- gator's good. It's alligator po' boy, elite. It's. No. I mean, I'm probably going shrimp first. No, I'm probably yeah. going fish first. Probably going oyster first. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not eat it. I'd still eat it. Everybody's sitting in their favorite breakfast items. Taco, Taco Bell breakfast crunch wrap. I've heard it's good. I've not tried it. How about a McGriddle? How about a McGriddle from McDonald's? I'll say this. How about just the Egg McMuffin? The Egg McMuffin, egg McMuffin is solid. still Very good. way better than the New York Bagel. I used to like yeah. their I used to like their bagels right? a lot. You can get the bundle, too, with the Egg McMuffin. I'm a fat boy. You can get the 250 bundle, Egg McMuffin hash brown for 250 Beat that deal. So five bucks in your set. And then if you have the app, they give you a $1 breakfast sandwich. You can get a sausage, egg, cheese, McGriddle, a Egg McMuffin, or sausage McMuffin breakfast bundle, and you can have all that for $3.50. Deal. That's amazing value. Yeah. Look at that return on investment. Uh, 9780, will Davis Mills be on the Texans roster this year? Davis Mills? Yeah, he's, yes. he's going to be on the roster. Of course he is. Here's a better question. Will he be on the roster next year? No. I still think he will. I think he's going to live out his rookie contract. I think he'll be with the Texans for four years, and then he's he's gone. I think it really depends on how this season goes for him and C.J. Stroud. You know what's optimal? How about he kills it in preseason and you can trade him for a fourth rounder? Would you take that? Yeah. Even though you drafted him in the third? Don't care. I don't either. I would I would love totally that. Totally fine with that. 409 Josh. This is okay. 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 I get it. Would you rather be Robert Worry or Barry Sanders? Well, this is an easy answer. A champion for me. or a quitter? That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but a quitter that's going to be in the Hall of Fame that's going to be rolling in it. I don't think that no matter what Robert Ori does endorsement wise, he's going to come close to what Barry Sanders is rolling in when he does endorsements. 
and national commercials and other things that he keeps getting as well. I get it. He never won a title. He's still going to the Hall of Fame and considered one of the greatest to ever do it. Robert Ory just got a whole lot of jewelry. Um, This is an easy answer for me. Robert Ory has achieved greatness in his field, just like General Ben has achieved greatness in their uh, field. I gotta go. Robert Ory and Ricky Ford, they do a little business together. Robert Ory does a little endorsing for uh, for General Ben, and we're, we're going to have Robert Ory recording a commercial here pretty soon. So the fact that Robert Ory is affiliated with General Ben and Barry Sanders is okay. not affiliated with General Ben, Robert Ory by a mile. Here's the thing. Welcome to Flagship Radio. You want to talk about, like, how much money do you think Barry Sanders made after his career? I'm um, probably he probably I don't know if he does and seeks like the autograph signings yeah, and appearances, but he's that, capable but between, of it. Yeah, you're right. He still does the TriStar shows and the autograph shows. I mean, look, Robert Ory made fifty three million dollars in his NBA career. Barry Sanders made thirty five. Robert Ory, Gentleman, Robert Ory, more champion, money, more rings. Robert Ory, champion, money, Big shot, Bob. No CTE, no CTE. Good knees, maybe. Probably better than Barry's knees, maybe. He's taller. He's taller. Not as pudgy. Robert Ory's the answer. Robert Ory. It's a no-brainer for so many reasons. Gentle Ben, money, championships. We got Barry Sanders. Right. Barry Sanders doing MGM now commercials. He, he's got a couple of different commercials. He doesn't – he really likes anonymity. He wants to – he does not like any but Barry, of, What a weird question. <laughs> but Barry, that is really weird. Robert but Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders. But Barry Sanders has to hang out with, like, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. That's a ding, man. And, and you know what also stinks for Barry Sanders? Oh, yeah, he gets that one, too, for the Heisman. Yeah, but I don't want to hang out with those clowns. He also he also played for the Lions. His whole career, he was with the Lions. He goes to be recognized at football games. He has to go to Detroit. They wear bags on their head because they're so Brutal. embarrassing. Did he, was, did he have a playoff Brendan win? Brendan Riley, Barry? he was here. I was going to say they yeah. fans like Brendan Riley. Yeah. yeah. He's a little fan. He liked Matthew Stafford. All right, that does it for Mailbag Monday. If you have any other questions you want to ask the bees, just tweet them at Pac-Man, Joel. Uh, should Houston sports fans rep Oilers gear now? The Oilers, or the Titans, this have unveiled. This is a massive issue today. They've unveiled their jerseys that they're going to wear three times this year. They haven't said it against two. But should Houston sports fans rep Oilers gear now? Is it weird? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right where you belong. That song belongs to me! It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Next bit of brilliance. That is true. Oh, we saw the, the news over the week. Amy Adams, not the actress, the owner of the Tennessee Titans. They uh, they posted some pictures, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, in the throwback Oiler gear. The Love You Blue. Love You Blue is actually going to be written on the inside of the jersey. Right? I don't like you're on the inside of the shoulder pads. You're not going to be able to see it, I don't think. I think it's on the inside of the jersey for whatever reason. Okay. should be on the outside. Uh, but now that we've seen this, should Houston sports fans rep Oilers gear now? Is it weird? And I guess to peel back the curtain a little bit, I'm wearing a Houston Oilers t-shirt today. I am wearing a throwback Houston Oilers hat as well in, in an act of, uh, I guess it's not so silent, protest towards the Tennessee Titans. Do you think it's weird now for fans in Houston to wear Oiler gear? Well, it's it, it's awkward simply because of the fact that the team that's been yours all along that you've supported and put your blood, sweat, and tears in 
is now trying to be bamboozled and used as a pawn by Amy Adams and the Titans. It's a BS move, but it'll make things a little awkward for a while. But I think that, you know, if anybody calls you on it, you just explain, look, I've been there, done that, been to games, and I supported this team all the way through. I'm not trying to make a quick buck uh, on a team that, you know, has no connection to the city of Nashville or the, the Tennessee Titans organization. So if that's how you want to view it, that's up to you. But I'm going to wear this T-shirt or this hat to support the team that I loved growing up and have always supported, which I doubt you could say the same. Um, Look, the, I understand that the Titans have the – they own it, right? They own the history. Uh, they moved the franchise from Houston to Tennessee where the Oilers for a year or two moved to Nashville, changed their name to the Titans, kind of kept the color scheme. And I, I don't even really fault Amy Adams for doing this. Like They're going to sell tons of merch. Like They're, they're well, going to sell – ESPN yeah. right now. Big feature story. This is why Amy Adams did it. Yeah. Because in a year where they're trying to hang on as a franchise to any kind of popularity or any kind of marketing or or cachet, now suddenly everybody's talking about the Tennessee Titans and the BS move of taking the Oilers' colors and logo and uniforms and trying to max it out. So they got to, they're got they getting the run that she wanted, and she's also getting that last, last final FU to a city that she her dad still, you know, and I'm sure they all still feel they should be playing in. So I guess good job, but all you did was, you know, I, you, I guess the end result was you got what you wanted because the city's pissed off at you again and you never were loved here anyway because you left. So way to go. Yeah, I don't blame Amy Adams at all for doing that, as I was saying, because they're going to sell tons of jerseys. They're going to they're gonna sell the merchandise. They're going to have eyes on them. They're going to have attention. I, I don't really hold Amy Adams uh, doing this against her at all. Now, I don't have great memories of Bud Adams, and I wish that the Houston Oilers would have never left town and that they would have been here. They would have continued on, and we would never have to worry about an expansion team and all of those things. I would have loved for them to stay here forever and ever, and we never had to have a period of time without the NFL, and we didn't have to have you know Bob McNair save us from not having an NFL franchise. That said, there's two things. One, if the Titans don't wear their Oilers jerseys against the Houston Texans, they are soft and they are cowards. If one of the three times they wear these jerseys aren't against the Texans, they are soft. If you're going to pull a move like this, you better wear it back against it the Houston yep. Texans. They also wore their throwback blue helmets with the white oil, Derek, back in the day. So it's like the first time that they've done like real... Like the one on your shirt. Mm, the yellow, light blue helmet. I don't, I don't think it was red, hair. though. Yeah, it was. I think it's. I don't think there was red on it. Yeah, I think it was outlined in red. It I, just. It wasn't. Was as, it? I as, thought it was just blue and white. I didn't think there was any red at all. Maybe I thought there was a really fine red outline on the Derek. But regardless, huh. I mean, it's very similar to the one you got on your T-shirt. I, I trust your memory more than mine. But um, secondly, the other thing too is like. I don't think that if you're a Houston Oilers fan or you have some of the throwback gear or if you have some of the throwback hats that you should stop wearing it because of this. Like the memories are still yours. I understand that Tennessee owns the history. They own the jerseys. They own can they retire Warren Moon's number, the honoring of Warren Moon. And I feel bad for those guys actually. Like the Warren Moons, the Haywood Jeffries, the Ray Childresses, uh, all of the like the the great players for the Houston Oilers in that time. They go get recognized in Tennessee. They don't have memories. Nashville people are like, oh, yeah, great, Warren Moon. Like, they they deserve to be in Houston for that. I, I, I feel bad for them for it's that. It's like clickbait, right? Even for the fan base to say, oh, we got you. We're using your stuff, but it's ours, and we're throwing it in your face. You know what? You can wear your stuff proudly going, no, because I lived it. I was there every single day, you know, watching every game, 
and, and hanging on every word coming out of every practice and, and all the things going on with the Oilers because they were good when they were in our city when we were backing them. Yeah. So kiss my ass if this is what your way of trying to get some kind of minimal revenge. And I don't really – I think they're doing it more for money than revenge. Maybe they're also trolling in the process because it's kind of funny, probably. Now, I don't even – like, I don't even care that they're doing it. And I'm not going to be like, oh, this is bad to see Derrick Henry. In it. Like, I don't really care about that. But my biggest takeaway from this is, like, cool Amy Adams, cool Tennessee. Y'all own the history. I understand that. Tip my cap. Respect that. But Houston owns the the memories. They they have the the and some of it have been great memories. But they remember Warren Moon in Houston. They remember or Earl Campbell in Houston. They remember the hundred yard reception seasons of Haywood Jeffries. They remember Ray Childress. They remember Billy Bruce White, Matthews. Johnson, they, all of all that. Those. All yeah. of that. So Nashville, they own that history. But Houston has the memories. And if you no have doubt. the memories, you can still wear the T-shirt. You can still yeah. wear the hat. It's not weird if you're still wearing Houston Oilers gear. And just because they own the history, you still own the memories, Houston. Now look, and, and you know what? If the NFL was smart, if they really wanted to capitalize, there was a way that you could always put, or somebody needs to put out a T-shirt with the same helmet, but just the word Houston underneath it, just so you can specifically clarify, hey, this has always been our team. They've been a staple of our memories, good, bad, and otherwise. We grew up and lived and died with this team. You just had it handed to you as a funny way of trying to make money. And so you enjoy your quick couple of bucks in your pocket, and we'll never forget all the things that yep. we went through, good, bad, and otherwise, to support that team. That's Memory like, still belongs to me. That's where like, I just don't get it from like the Titans fan perspective. It's like you don't have the, the pain or the memories. Like, like, most, like if right. you're my age, if you're 31... I don't have a single memory of the Oilers. The Nashville first doesn't thing care I about the Houston Oilers. Exactly. Is, if you go to sports bars in Nashville, you say, let's talk about the Renfro catch, no catch. Mm, they don't even let's know that talk is. about Frank Reich. Who? Let's talk about, you know, all, and they're going to be like, what? I don't get it. And Astro, I mean, uh, Oilers fans, you go to some of the sports bars here, they're going to be like, right, which one was more painful? You know, 35 to 3 with Reich or the fact that you got screwed in a call in the corner of the end zone against the Steel? All these other things. It's just going to come flowing out because they know. The only thing that, like, I don't, I don't get it, and like frankly, like I don't get why he would do this because, but like Warren Moon, like just like the way he was he tweeting about like go Titans and all that stuff, like it just he crapped on him last year when he said at least mind. this organization cares enough to honor us and and you know. But why would the Texans? That's a fair point. But why would the Texans? We talked. I talked. We talked about it at the end of the week last week, where I was like, look, it has been bad on the Texans. It's been bad on the Texans that. Who cares who controls the colors, the logos, whatever? Just to what you were talking about, Jeremy. The memories alone says, as Houston football fans still supporting football in Houston, you'd love to see a halftime where you have Pastorini take the field and Earl take the field and all the different guys that were part of your childhood, part of the memories that made football you know, king in, in the city of Houston. Have them come back out on the field and give everybody a chance to thank them one more time, take care of them, treat them like royalty, because nothing's more painful than seeing a, a, a pan shot from the end zone when you play the Titans every year and seeing the names and numbers of the retired jerseys that have no connection to that franchise in the rafters in that stadium going, they don't belong there. Seven one three seven eight zero espn why, why would they honor them? Why, why would Cal McNair, Bob McNair in the past, why would they honor the former Oiler greats? I, I have an answer for that. Also, would you get a DeAndre Hopkins Oilers jersey? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You do like me. I just don't like you no more. 
You do like me. 